15 minutes, even like bedtime routines to really just sit down, connect, hone in, eye contact, hug them, listen to them, what they want to do, what they want to play. If you just get that 15 minutes in a day, you know. I mean, even between like a spouse, I feel like if I had 15 minutes of undivided attention, I would feel connected. Oh, yeah. My type of date is to go to dinner and sit down because he has to look at me and make eye contact with me and talk about things that are stimulating to me. And that makes me feel loved. 100%. Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. We are here. Hello. Hello, How are you guys doing? (laughs) You know what I often wonder, Jade? Where is everybody listening today? What do you, where do you envision someone listening to this? Honestly, for them, I hope you're in a bath, relaxing, bubbles, maybe a glass of wine, whatever you want to drink. Maybe a bottle of wine, just sitting next to the tub. Listening to our podcast and some, you know, something like that. Yeah, that sounds really good. Not like sitting in traffic or something. Although I hope that if you are, we can like make you laugh or cry or something. (laughs) Feel an emotion. I don't know. (laughs) I actually don't mind being in traffic in a car if I'm alone because I'm like, it's my, I'm like, I'm alone. (laughs) Nobody can get me. (laughs) It's my alone time. And I do. I listen to my favorite podcast. So what is your favorite podcast? Hmm. Besides Mo- us. Mommies tell all. Obviously us. Um, gosh, what's my favorite podcast right now? Um, I listen to Glennon Doyle's podcast. I love that one. Mm-hmm. She's I love her and Abby, her wife. I think it's a great podcast. I yeah. haven't listened to that, which is surprising because I love Oprah and that's like right up. Yeah. The alley, the same alley. But I don't really listen to podcasts that much. When we went to the beach, we did listen to Smartless, which is really funny. Hmm. I Like sometimes I just need a good laugh instead of being inspired. Laughter is the best medicine. It really yeah. is. It's like almost peeing laughing sometimes in episodes of Smartless. They're really good. Speaking of peeing, I have to tell you this story. Oh, God. I have started electrode shocking my vajayjay. Wait, so. why? Okay. You will actually like this thing, I think, because I know you said after postpartum that you even struggled with like your bladder leaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to help. It's like physical therapy for your pelvic floor, but you could do it at home. You don't have to go to a physical therapist. And it's really cool. You wear like these shorts. And at first I was like, this is weird. <laughs> and then you spray, you put spray on it for the like um, the electrode parts and you wear it and connect it almost to, like a TENS unit. And it engages all the muscles to engage your pelvic floor to strengthen it. So it's like doing in 30 minutes, you do like 180 like an anatomically correct Kegels. And it feel, it's really cool, but it's really weird. But it also feels like it definitely feels almost like a workout, but it's supposed to help strengthen your pelvic floor and it, it helps with in, incontinence problems. That's so weird. It's so weird, but it's so cool. Like, I'm really obsessed with it. And I feel like you're always doing something interesting to your vagina. Remember when you were like, I'm doing a, it was like not a sits bath, but something with like. A vag seam. Yes, mm-hmm. you were doing that. Mm-hmm. You're I, always doing something interesting to us. A Mine yawny just sits steam. there and cries. 
Well, because <laughs> honestly, my pel- my pelvic floor is so weak and like baby number three really did me in. And I could just tell that I needed I needed something, but I don't I'm not going to go to the physical therapist right now. Like I just like I'm not it's like I will make up 100. When ex- would you even like fit that in? Yeah, I don't I have so many kid appointments on top of just like trying to keep those. Oh my god. So. I my kids need to go in. So I do it when I do my makeup, which is really easy, you know, or if I'm like getting ready in the morning because you you can be standing or lying down and I just like do my I'm I, proud of I, you I do, for like keeping on something. I I'm, would probably start that and then like not and then be like, "Oh yeah," and then it's like going to the gym. I do something for like 3 days and then I well, forget and then it never happens again. Well, honestly, it's because I'm really worried about prolapse. And so I just don't want that to happen. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I really kind of need to get on you either. I really need to get on this now. So, but it's really cool. So I'm like kegeling while doing my makeup. <laughs> wow. This is, if you guys wanted some juicy details today about Dang. Jade's vagina, welcome to the podcast. Well, <laughs> it's mostly about pelvic floor, but yes. But, no, it's supposed to really help because, like, I think it's, like, I think, like, in, like, the little pamphlet, it said, like, one in three women have incontinence problems. So it's interesting. It's actually. That's cool. I mean, yeah. it kind of sounds a little bit scary, but that is cool. It's, yeah, it's weird at first. I would just say it's weird at first. Yeah. I'm, sh- yes, it sounds weird in general. So at first I agree, <laughs> it'd probably be weird. Today on the podcast, you guys, we are doing obviously a quick catch up between Jade and I, but we're also doing listener questions, which is one of our favorite parts. It's one of my favorite podcasts is just like hearing what you guys have to say. And uh, I mean, it's not really, we don't, we're not giving expert advice or anything. No. We're just giving you our opinions about things. Oh, here, here goes Jade. Someone calling? It's Tanner's phone. It's probably JJ. It's probably JJ. Probably Answer. JJ, what's up? Well, it's our smart house. So our smart, we have like this like iPad that's in our bedroom. I'm recording from our bedroom, but it's, and it controls like, um, you can do like the air conditioning, your lights in your house, your set, like the audio, all these things, but it's connected to his phone. Oh, of course it is. It's such a guy thing to set that up. I remember when we bought this house. I say we because anyway, Evan at that point was like, hey, do you want to set up your house to be a smart house? And he was like, you know, you can control your like lights. So when you get home, you could just like turn your lights on before you get home. And I was like, or I could walk in the house and just turn a light on. (laughs) Like to me, like it's so stupid. I don't have to like do it from my, I don't have to turn the upstairs lights on before I go up there from my phone. Like when I get there, I could just do it, you know? Yeah, I don't fingers. know. How, I only know how to use it for the audio so far, but I don't, yeah, I don't know any of the other like tools of how it works, but. It's so fun. Someone's probably screaming at me right now through the, wherever you are. <laughs> have another sip of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so I say, Let's just start off with some of these questions. What do you think? Yes. Are you ready for this, Jay? Are you ready for this today? I am so ready. Number one, starting daycare and so scared to not be with my daughter all day. So sad and feel like a bad mom. Advice? I mean, Emmy goes to preschool now, so you know more about this than I do. Um, 
I mean, but I was ready for her, you know? So yeah, we were wanting, we could tell she was ready. So it was like, we found a place that we felt comfortable with and um, she was super excited about it. So I feel like it's a little bit different in the fact that like sometimes like, did they say how old their daughter is? No. So like if it's like, say your baby's 12 weeks and your maternity leave just ran out, you know, that's so hard. So that's like different. But, you know, you're I always just say like for those sort of things or if your daughter's 18 months or whatever it is and you may be going back to work and I assume that's why your daughter is going to daycare. I just always tell people like you're setting such a good example and you're not a bad mom. You're actually an amazing mom because you're doing something that is outside of you know, another part of you, like going to work and showing your hard work ethic, whatever it is, even stay at home moms, like showing your, you know, your work, your work ethic to your children is just like so inspiring to them. And you're, you're setting a good example. And I know it's so hard. I remember the first time I left Emmy for a weekend. Do you remember? It was when we went to, um, what's it called in Tennessee? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. It was so heartbreaking for me. But the, but like when I got on that plane, I remember I cried a little. I got over it. And then like I just like told myself like I deserve these things. So you deserve other – you know, you deserve the things that you want to do. Or maybe you – maybe there's – some maybe like if you're going to work and it's something like you have to do, it's still like giving your kids something else. I think Emmy has benefited so much from – being at school and being around other kids and her social development has grown so much. Her imagination has grown so much. I understand, like, I feel like it's so hard and I think that's so valid and I totally get it. And it's okay to be in those feelings. Um, I think that's so normal, but I feel like you're also giving your child a lot of valuable things that they're going to take away from their experience. That was really, I literally have nothing to add. That was really good. <laughs> I mean, I know it's hard. Like when a baby is a new, like, you know, 12 weeks, is, it's it's heartbreaking that we don't have the maternity leave that parents deserve in, in the United States because we deserve more and our children deserve more. But it's kind of like you kind of have to search for the positives in those moments, you know, like the things that are the good parts of it when certain situations are out of your circumstances. If that's your case, I really, I feel like we don't know enough. So I'm just trying to like hit all the angles. You're trying to like, right, right. No, you did a great job. (laughs) Okay, I have another one. My two and a half year old recent, my, what did I even just say? My two and a half year old recently started sleep regressing. He screams when I put him in his crib for a nap and bedtime. Any suggestions? Oh, mm. God. Sleep is just... We're in, like, sleep hell right now over here. I am with you. It sucks. Sleep regression is hard because it could be because of a million different things. Like, sleep regression can be caused right from, like, they're going through, like, a new stage and learning something. So their brain is just, like, going, 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 going. And so they just, like, can't really calm down because they're just, like, learning and seeing the world differently and all of the things. It also could just be like he misses you. It could be like, I mean, it could be a thousand things. We have the hard transition right now. I put, you know, Bella and Trent in the same room because he was crawling and then he crawled out of his crib and now he's a tent on the crib, which is very interesting. And I put them down 
the same time at night, and now Bella all night just comes and screams for me to come sleep next to her until she falls asleep again. And that happens, I don't know, about a million times a night. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. This it's it's so hard. I don't know. Yeah, I think we should have we've had a newborn sleep expert on before. We should have a toddler mm-hmm. expert because yes. I don't have like any solid tips because it is just, they're toddlers. Nothing I do is working. So right. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm with you. I am right there with you, holding your hand from afar. Bella won't nap at all anymore unless she just passes out. Charlie's almost two, and he, when he's really tired, he'll go down. He's a little. He's used to that crib net now, but mm-hmm. when we were on vacation, we didn't have that, so it was just two beds. We just put a bed next to the other bed on the floor, and I just slept there. Emmy doesn't nap anymore at all. It is a one 100% guarantee if we go somewhere at like 5 p.m., she will fall asleep in the car, um, which messes up bedtime, but she right. otherwise she won't nap. Man, it's so weird. And I feel like, you know, even if you do, even if you do the same thing and you are really consistent with like even if you go put the kid down at the same time every day and you do the same bedtime routine, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like Charlie's been pretty good about going to sleep. I mean, for the most part. And then last night he was just like in bed being a madman. Like Bella fell so I was right in between like the crib is here and there's a little mattress on the floor next to the crib because Bella has to sleep next to Charlie even though it's not helping. And Bella falls Falls asleep in two seconds, and Charlie's just over here like, and I'm like, like laughing and talking. And I'm like, stop, like, Charlie, just go to sleep, just stop, just stop, just go to sleep. So you just don't know. And he's usually just like lays down, does a few remarks, and then passes out. You just don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're going through this. We will get someone on to help us. Hopefully, before our children are five. We will get someone on to help us. Sometimes I think, though, when you don't have the answers, just like you said, I'm holding your hand over here, like solidarity. Like, yeah, that's all you can say sometimes, you know, because there isn't always an answer. And what works for somebody isn't always going to work for everybody. So Mm -hmm. it's just like sometimes all you can say is I am with you. Yeah, I'm with you, girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, here's the next question. What would you do differently if you knew nobody would judge you? If nobody would judge me, what would I do differently? Oh my God, I have no idea. I think that for me, I would just, because I think, I, I think like judgment from myself, judgment from my family circle, you know, like my, even Tanner sometimes, my par- my parents, my my in-laws, you know, like you think about like those like inner circle judgment too. Like if there was no judgment from anybody, I would just be free. I would just, it would just feel like I would just make all the inner truth choices, you know, anything that I felt I would just do and feel good about it for the most part, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No. I would just feel more carefree and light and happy and fun and and then think about all the other aspects society judges us like you know our friends judge us it's 
there's so much out there that's all these different opinions coming at you and I'm trying to think of something that maybe I still haven't done or something, but I don't even know what that, I I don't know. I'm feeling pretty free lately. I will say like in the last like five years, I, I, I haven't stood up for myself as much as I should have. And probably because of those inner circles, especially, you know, I went into a marriage with someone who already had, you know, a previous family and a lot of inner circles that I just kind of went into by myself and didn't really know how to navigate. And so I didn't really say like, hey, I was just living in somebody else's world instead of I had a world and then we combined worlds, if that makes sense. Maybe... You know, if I had stood up for myself in not even in any big way, but just maybe made time for myself and said and set different boundaries and stuff, I would have been very probably judged for that. Yeah, like, uh, well, imagine that situation and nobody was judging you. Oh, yeah, I would have been. Yeah, free. Mm hmm. I know if, if it just shows you that we all should live a little bit more that way, you know, yeah. just tune out the noise and right. But I mean, there's some things, you know, you obviously have to, you can't always think completely about yourself, but I do think that you should think more about yourself and about the things that you want and vocalize them. I think it's like, there's the boundaries, you know, like you don't, you don't want to do harm to others with your actions. And so there's like those, there's the healthy boundaries of like, okay, this is something I can do for myself. And here's, here's, here's the boundary of where it starts to affect others. You yeah. know, but if 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 we just knew that like everybody, other other people's opinions on things that we know are right for us don't like didn't matter, just how f- more more freeing that would be. I will say that one thing that I was like really scared to do for a long time was get Botox, and then I've I mean now I've gotten it like twice, and I love it. But I was like really scared of being judged for doing that. Yeah. So, but now I do it. Is it because, but that's like a reflection of people, you know, like that's, that's their selves. Either they're jealous that, you know, like you can have access to that because it is not something everyone can afford. Right. Or it's. I mean, even by my mom, my mom still doesn't like that I do Botox. Oh, She's really? Like, Why would you do that? Why would you stick something bad in your face? Which. Because it makes me feel like younger looking, but and I like it. <laughs> but that I mean, that was she would never be like, you shouldn't do that. But she's just like, oh, OK, like so now I kind of just don't tell her when I'm doing it. But she's not like even super judgy of a person. She's just kind of like, why would you do that? Oh, right. OK, well, OK, whatever, you know, but I, I don't know. I come from a like a very Catholic, very conservative like right. type of family that just is like even like drinking. Like if I poured a second glass of wine, they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, because I want to. And it's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just like, yeah, kind of doing the things that you want to do, like and just not feeling bad about it is important. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But I wouldn't say there's like one huge thing. I don't know. OK, let me see. Okay, this is interesting. My baby girl is four months old and I'm regretting her name choice. Help. Okay. (laughs) You know what? I sort of went through that a little bit with Bella. You did? 
A little bit because, I mean, I obviously like have chosen very common names, but she didn't, now she does, but she didn't for a long time feel like a, she doesn't feel like an Isabella at all, which is her actual name. We call her Bella, but um, she didn't feel that way to me. I was like, I, that's not the right name. Like, I really didn't feel like that was the right name for her. Now I do. So maybe it kind of like grew on me and grew on her. But I get it. I get the feeling of being like, was that right? With Charlie, he's named after my grandfather. And he just seems so much like a Charlie to me. Like, he looks so much like my dad and my brothers and my grandpa. And I'm just like, okay, Charlie. But with Bella, I did have that feeling like, ooh, did I make the right decision? Yeah, I do say. Like, do you change it? Do you keep it? I think you can. Why not? The baby's still a baby. And also, like, even if, like, the baby is, you know, whenever you can change it, 18 or whenever, she could change it anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually matter what you name your kid. They can name themselves something ridiculous when they're old enough. My aunt changed her name when she was, like, in her 30s, but it devastated my grandma. Oh, my gosh. Did she, it? Like, yeah, she, like, refused to call her her new name. Stop. Yeah. But... I think for the first two months after Brooks and Reed were both born, it just felt weird to say their name out of my mouth. Like I would look at them and I'd say their name and I was just like, it just felt weird. But they're both definitely a Brooks and a Reed now. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I wouldn't name them anything else. It just has become a part of their personal identities to me. So, and Emmy is definitely an Emerson to me. But I think like if it's something that's truly – Something that you can't get off your mind and you look at your baby and it doesn't feel right. I don't think there's anything wrong with changing the name. I or even if you go by their middle name or a nickname or or whatever. Yeah, maybe just do a nickname for a while. Yeah. To me, it just sounds like I'm like, ooh, that's such a like probably a pain in the butt, like such a headache to change the name legally. But yeah, it's true. Like to me, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to deal with the paperwork, but Honestly, I don't think there's anything. I didn't even change my last name, which, you know. I didn't either. Like, why? I didn't want to do that paperwork. That's so annoying. Everything has to change. Oh, gosh. But this is good because it's only like a a birth certificate. It's like one and like a social security card or something. There's not as much stuff. True. You know? Mm -hmm. We have like banks and passports and like just a million things in our names. It's just four month old baby. I don't know. Yeah. If it feels weird in your gut, I say change it. The baby has no idea. And then maybe you'll laugh about it one day. Hey, you used to be named, you know, <laughs> Rosalind, and now you're named Audrey. You know, Ooh, those whatever. are great names. Thank you. I just came to me. <laughs> you can take one of those. <laughs> I just love them. They were just like so random, but they're great. Yeah, they were random. I dated a guy who's who went by his middle name. Mm-hmm. You know, so and he it wasn't like he was like a junior or anything like that either. It wasn't he wasn't named after anybody. He just went by his middle name. I did it. A, yeah. Nickname guy. I say just do whatever makes you feel good. If it really bothers you, change it. Whatever. You can change it back. It's just a name. Don't put that, like so much pressure on yourself. All right, Jade, what you got? Let's see here. What is your favorite part of your body postpartum? Women are magical, this question says. Mm. I will say the only part of my body I would say that my skin really changed. Like I have like melasma everywhere now. That's not my favorite part. My 
body didn't really, I would, I wouldn't say change too, too much. I feel like I'm back kind of to where I was. I will say that my boobs, the only place I really have stretch marks is like, like if I lean over, my boobs have gotten so small that you can see all the little bitty marks on them. You're saying um, all the negative things. So no, say something but I, I you was, like. No, I was going to say that, but I appreciate that like there's still a spot on my body that shows that I had kids. Yeah. But it's kind of hidden. Like it's kind of just for me because I don't show anybody my boobs, but you know, like myself. So I kind of like that, but I, I don't know. My hair's better, I'd say. Because during, like, all the kids' stuff, I had extensions, and I don't have them anymore. I will say that my I feel like my hair's gotten Your hair is amazing now. I do remember when you were struggling with some hair stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. When we met, I had, like, super short hair and extensions because my hair was, like, just shit. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't say that. It's okay. <laughs> it's a safe space. Explicit. <laughs> yeah, I think it – I think, like – we often, after we have a baby, we look at all the negative things that have changed, you know, like my my butt right now is like a pancake. I'm like, where did my butt go? Like I used to have a great <laughs> butt and now it's like, I don't know. I'm like, it is flat. Like, I remember on The Bachelor, you were always doing like squats or something and I you'd be like, I'm just going to do some squats. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> I'm just going to not. That's do my that. problem. I don't do, I don't do any, I don't do Maybe squats that's anyway. It. It's the squats. But I, I think it's like, it just... We should be appreciative of the amazing things that our bodies can do, especially as women. Like we grow a human and and we grow a whole extra organ. I think that's the coolest part. I think that's the thing I appreciate the most is like my body grew a baby and my body grew a placenta, which is this whole other amazing organ that created life with me. So crazy bodies are yeah. And I loved, I love talking to my kids about like, you know, they all know that they all shared a home in my belly. So it's like, they all know that the, in my uterus, they all like, they all lived in there at one point. And I think it's this cool to think about that was their first home, you know, at, at least for me, because my, my children are biological and from my body, but it's different for some people. But I think that's like one of my favorite things about my body postpartum is like, even though everything's a little bit different and it may never be the same, it's like it was a home for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I was thinking like they were asking like, did it change something on your body that you like? I don't know. Oh, I see. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure what I'm thinking. Okay, how do moms spend time with their kids? There are so many activities to keep up with when working. I feel helpless. That's so hard. I already it's, feel like that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I say to Bella a lot, hey, I just need to send this email or hey, I'm working. And she's like, when are you done working? I was listening to, I can't remember who it was. I was listening to a podcast and this mom was, on talking about, you know, she's a super busy mom. Like a, I feel like it was the woman who, like Shonda Rhimes or something. And she said that she now, every time her daughter says, hey, mom, will you play with me? Or like, mom, will you read me a book? She says, yes. And even if it's only for like three minutes or and she has three minutes to do it, she says, yes. So she, her daughter knows that she, 
is doing something in that moment. Because I was thinking about that this morning because I was sending out an email and I was like trying to do this Amazon live stuff just because I had to go live in like an hour. And Belle was like, hey, mom, will you come play with me? And I was like, no, I'm sending this thing out. And she's like, well, when will you be done? And I was like, in a minute, in a minute. And then I was like, oh, if like sometimes I feel like kids just need you to say yes for a second. Like, even if you're only going to give them five minutes of your time, give all of that five minutes. Right. At least, you know. Yeah. If you can. Because I feel like you can give, you can give something. But give your <laughs> all in that something. Totally. I, I feel like I, like, because I struggle with this when um, Brooks can get very jealous of Reed. And when I'm nursing, sometimes he's asking for something. And I need to feed my other son. So I'm like, I have to nurse. But I do feel like one thing that I try to do is I try to make eye contact, you know, and say, I love, I love helping you, Brooks. I love playing with you. I will come in five minutes and we will sit down together and we can have so much fun, you know, or whatever it is. And so, and then, so I take care of what I need to do and, and then I go and I do, I, you, like you said, set, set aside that time so I, you can have that connection um, with your kids. I did read once that, every, if this is comforting for anybody, but that children, if they get 15, only 15 minutes of undivided attention a day, it fills their cup. So it's if you're feeling like I need to I spent 10 hours at work, I came home, I did the laundry, I made dinner. I'm so tired. All I want to do is like check out and sit on, you know, my at the couch and watch something a show or whatever, but my child is wanting to connect with me. 15 minutes, if you feel like you have 15 minutes, even like bedtime routines to really just sit down, connect, hone in, eye contact, hug them for 2 minutes. Tell them, you know, listen to them, what they want to do, what they want to play. I feel like sometimes it's like if you just get that 15 minutes in a day, you know. I mean, even between like a spouse, I feel like if I had 15 minutes of undivided attention, I would feel way more like connected. Oh, yeah. That's why I I love like my type of date is to go to dinner and sit down because he has to look at me. And make eye contact with me and talk about things that are stimulating to me. And that makes me feel loved. 100%. But it's because it's almost like I, you know, we have to like, it's like if we go to dinner, I know we're going to sit down and look at each other and have that time with no interruption. So Quality time. mm -hmm. You're quality time human. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our kids are too. Yeah, they, I mean, we're their whole world. They look up to us. They love us unconditionally and they just want to feel the same back. And it really doesn't, it doesn't have to be grand just Like we've talked about this with dating or um, marriage. It doesn't have to be grand gestures or right. hours and hours of time. It's just getting down on their level and connecting and listening. Yeah. And totally. Yeah. <laughs> this is another one that I just feel like I have no advice for. How do I get through morning sickness with a toddler? Oof. There's no good answer to that. You just, sometimes you don't. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes they watch a lot of TV. <laughs> uh-huh. And sometimes they watch you throw up. Like sometimes, and, but this too shall pass. 
that I feel like is just like the only thing that you can even tell yourself while that's happening. I mean, I asked for tons of help. Like when I remember one time I was throwing up and Bella was taking a nap in the other room and I was like, there's no way when she wakes up, I can take care of her. I'm Mm. too sick. Mm -hmm. And so I was like calling the reinforcements. So I would say if you can ask for as much help as you need, you know, God, even if there's like a neighbor that, you know, you just feel really sick. Can you just help me for 20 minutes while I try to get some crackers down? Like, I mean, sometimes asking for help is just the best way to do it if you have that ability. But it just, I think about that and I just get sad because I know it's, it's so hard having morning sickness at all. Mm-hmm. And then you add somebody who needs you mm-hmm. into it and you just, there's, it's so hard. That, that is the, one of the hardest things. I remember even like with along with the morning sickness, there's just like that deep fatigue. Oh, you, you know, like your body oh, yeah. just feels like you feel like you can't even like lift your dead arms. weight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's so hard. I mean, I think the best advice is just to like lower your expectations of what life at home is going to look like right now and then lower them again and give yourself the yeah. grace. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Because it, it just isn't going to look like what you imagined. At yeah. All. And and it really does only last for a short period of time. And I know that sounds so dumb because when you're in it, every day feels like actual hell. Because there's no relief. It's not no morning relief. sickness. It's all day sickness. Yeah. And it's only better when you're asleep. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. and sometimes you still wake up and you still feel like crap. So, no. uh, yeah, just know that like life is going to suck for a little bit. And it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay for life to slow down. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Just, oh, that's another one of those things. It's like solidarity. Like, uh-huh. I, we've both been there. We both know how difficult it is and how it's hard not to be hard on yourself because here you, like you said, you, here's this other being who needs you and what we have and to doesn't give understand. Is, yeah. Right. And I think it's okay, like, to explain it. You know, I used to, you know, I'm mommy is so sick. Can we just, can we just be here together right now and rest or, which, tell that to a toddler, I get it, but, right. you know, like, try to explain it as much as possible without, but telling them, like, mommy is always here for you, you know, mommy's, mommy loves you so much. Or find, like, even, like, a, I mean, there's definitely times where I was, like, I know how hard it is for me to entertain them. So I was like, I'm going to Amazon, like some type of toy that will keep her very distracted for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, I've still done that. I My back was even bad a couple weeks ago. I couldn't do anything. And I bought the kids some like Barbie toys. I was like, this will, I can't move. So they can play with this and they play with it for hours. And I was like, this is one of the best purchases I've ever made. So maybe just like if you can afford it, buy something silly that your toddler really might like to play with, whether it's like a little ball pit or maybe one of those stand up fun toys or like, I don't know, something that they might just like get distracted with. So they might not need you like as much. Yeah. And lots of snacks. Give them snacks. lots of snacks. Yes. And snacks for you. If you, the best thing you can do is 
keep food in your body and try to like have crackers or something. And it sounds like so bad when all you want to do is throw up, but really it's the best thing for you because you'll feel better once you have something in your stomach. It's so true. But it's literally seems like the total opposite when you're in it. Yes. And I think what you said too is like asking other people for help because your toddler is going to love it if your spouse or if you're, if say you have like a friend or your mom or your mother-in-law or whoever who can come over and like take your toddler out for a little bit, mm-hmm. they're going to have a blast. They're going to totally. think that they're having like a special little date and right. um, that helps you, that helps them. So totally. If you have that, I would definitely say that's something you could try too. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Carly, what, oh what kid's age has been the toughest for you? Oh, three. Three is so hard. Three is like when your child has an opinion on all of the things and then decides that your opinion doesn't actually matter or that's how it is in my case. It's like they say it's terrible twos. No, it's terrible threes. It's been so hard. Really? Bella is just like she can be the sweetest, most loving little thing, but then she can be like mad dinosaur. So it's hard. But Charlie's now, Charlie's also crawling on everything and he is like learning from Bella that screaming is a really great idea. So um, yeah, no, three, I feel like she hit three and she went crazy. That's so funny because I, I feel like, I don't know, Emmy's now four. I feel like four changes. So hang on to that, hopefully. Um, (laughs) You're in the thick of it. And she's sorry. I mean, she's still very emotional, you know, she's. Their realities, their worlds are so small and their realities feel so intense. Yeah. Um, it's very like dramatic if, if if they're not getting what they want. If Emmy, they've been so obsessed with yogurt. If she wants another yogurt today and I say no, it's like end of the world, you know. But um, for Brooks, two has been, holy cow, he turned two and it's just been, it's been, it's been wild so far. Really? He... Just like you said, like, they're so sweet. He's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. He is just so loving. And when he feels happiness, the happiness is so contagious. But his, like, crazy moments are crazy. And it's it's like somebody shot him up with adrenaline and then, oh gosh. And then like, you know, killed his puppy or something. <laughs> All the things at the same time. <laughs> And so I think I think toddlers, I mean, newborns are hard in the fact that they can't tell us. They can't tell us what they're feeling. And right. we're just learning to know that we're just getting to know this baby. And so that that's hard. The sleep deprivation's hard. But toddlers as people are they're hard. They're hard. Yeah. I mean, I heard teenagers are really hard too. I have heard that too. Everyone who always I'm tells scared. me. Whoever, I'm whenever scared. I talk about toddlers, everyone always says that to me. Wait till you have a teenager. <sighs> but then they're like, and then wait till your kids are grown up and you just don't see them anymore and you'll wish for the days that they were a toddler. Like, I mean, every stage is hard. We should say that. Every stage has its complications. It does. But yeah, I really do feel like the moment Bella turned three, she went crazy. But yeah, Charlie is, he's, yeah, he's a funny kid. He's actually super calm and chill. But then when he gets mad about something, now he just throws stuff or he still bites. 
not as often, but um, and he just screams. He's just like, ah! I'm like, oh my, calm down, everybody, relax around here. <laughs> does he um, does he like throw himself yet? Brooks does. That. Oh yeah, and he like bangs his head on the ground. <laughs> like, why are you doing that? Where'd you even learn that? Bricks, so weird. Bricks will literally just face plant his whole body, like like face smashed into the ground, just like throws himself face plants. Why do they think that that is a good idea? It's because it's the end of the it's end of the world. <laughs> Not a good idea. Oh gosh. Okay, I have another one. Best mommy advice. This is like kind of a. We I feel like I would need a moment to think about this, but best mommy advice you've received, and also the worst mommy advice you've mm. received. Hmm. I mean, best mommy advice I've received is like, you know your baby best, like trust your gut. If something in your gut is telling you something, listen to it. Yeah, you for know? sure. I don't think every situation we know, like I think um, being informed is powerful, but also like in the moment, if you're if you have that little voice speaking to you, you need to listen to it. Yes. Worst mommy advice I've ever received I think probably just people pressuring me to do something different than I wanted to do it. Like even like with breastfeeding, you know, people saying like if I said, you know, I only breastfed Charlie for a week, which I did. Um, Like then I had all the people being like, you're hurting your child or whatever. Like that kind of mom advice to me is. That's terrible. Insane. Um. So I think that kind of stuff, which is mostly like hate, but it's still mommies telling you how to mom. Yeah. I think whenever a mom tells you how to mom, which I have we been doing that? <laughs> I mean, no. Take it no. with a, you know, I think people, I always say you should take what resonates with you and leave the rest. Yes. And if it doesn't resonate with you, then you leave it. Yes. Um, but I do feel like the pushy advice, like that kind of stuff. I think just don't listen to that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's ever been something that someone said really something to me. And I was like, that is just God awful advice. I mean, there's maybe def- there's definitely the cruel people of the world out there on the Internet. I'm sure there's been yeah. some terrible. But I think my worst one is like um, you're holding your baby too much. You're going to spoil them. <laughs> oh, Oh, spoiling my kid. That sounds so terrible. I'm such a bad mom. You can't spoil a newborn. Like, they're just, they're hardwired for connection. You know, it's so, it's just like people who act like you have to put your baby down. Otherwise, they're going to be spoiled. Yeah. I feel like you got way weirder stuff than I did. You have no idea, like, the people out there. I just, but I also half the time I just stopped looking. I was like, these people are crazy. I'm just not going to look at messages or anything anymore because people be mean. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I feel like best mommy advice was probably like really kind of just take it day by day because you don't, you have no idea what's coming. You know, and everything and changes ev- every second. Everything changes every single second. Your kid loves blueberries one day and hates them the next day. You know, your kid is like the sweetest in one moment. And then they're just like a terror in the next moment. You like have no idea. Even like morning sickness, like it will get better. And then it'll get hard again. And then it will get better. And it's just this like 
never ending roller coaster that we decided to put ourselves on. And it is also so gratifying and so fulfilling. But yes, it's it's a day to day, sometimes moment to moment situation. And that's okay to live your life in that time, in that timeline. You know, it's actually very like staying present. Mm hmm. No, I think that's good advice, staying present. Also, I just wanted to say that one of the questions, someone just said, how do I submit my birth story? I had a baby in the car and I told her to email me and she just did. So I'm going to forward that to our producer. But that is something, yes, you guys, please, if you have a birth story, we would love to hear it. If you have questions, we would love to hear them. You can message us on our Mommies Tell All Instagram. You can call us at 844-844-MOMS. And we want to hear all the things. If you have a crazy birth story, please, we want you to be on the podcast. We want to hear your voice telling your birth story. So or if a friend or anyone reach out because we want to we want to hear that. All right. Well, thank you again and we will see you guys next week. Bye.